1: the Audio Vault, a one San Antonio Sports Star, is brought to you by A.A. Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning.
0: Welcome into this Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM. San Antonio Sports, sports starcom I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson. We are your hangover without the headache. What's up, my guy? What up, what up? How you doing? Doing just fine, brother. How, How was the you? wedding last week? Wedding? Isn't that what you were? Oh, I went to a
2: graduation. Graduation. Yeah. It's all the same thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You go buy people presents, party, yeah. yeah. sit through a long ceremony, you probably yeah. don't want to.
2: <laughs> a lot of the same, actually, <laughs> when you break it down.
0: Oh, man. It has been a hot minute, but NBA Finals, I feel like we haven't talked about them at all. We haven't, at least on here. Well, you and I haven't. Yeah. We haven't got to discuss it as much as we want. Last night, the Nuggets go up 3-1, over the Heat. When Jokic got in foul trouble, I thought that was Miami's chance.
2: Yeah, it was. But Aaron Gordon stepped up. Dude is a beast last night. They have night.
0: so many weapons. Yeah. Aaron Gordon.
2: Yeah, and Michael Brown Porter hasn't even been Br- playing well. Brown and
0: Brown. Yeah. And everybody's been calling him Christian Braun for so long. <laughs> is it Braun or Brown? Yeah. Uh, they're calling him Brown on the broadcast, so I imagine they got a pronunciation guide from him. Hmm. <laughs> but another former Jayhawk. Yeah. Balling he's good, it up. man.
2: He's good. I like him. He's a lot bigger than you would think.
0: Yeah. I thought he was a smaller wing.
2: Nice. 6'6", 6'7", for sure
0: but he's he's built. He's like kind of thicker than I thought he was. Yeah. In terms of just being bigger than I thought he was. Like I knew he was taller, I didn't know he was filled out as mm-hmm. much as he was. It didn't look that way in college and maybe that's just a NBA transformation. Yeah. But my goodness, the way that Denver has kind of answered every question that Miami could throw at them, right? Oh yeah, the coaching adjustments that Mike Malone has made. Because going into this, I was like, "Well, the best coach in this series is Eric Spoelstra," and that was the kind of lone question for Denver: could they live up to the moment, and could they make the adjustments necessary to kind of keep Miami at bay in this series? And it feels like Malone has done that at every turn, almost.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Mike Malone has definitely showed. What he's about as a coach, and it's it's been impressive to watch. But I think, I'll like not taking anything away from him, but it's pretty easy when you got Nikola Jokic on your team and it just Jamal Murray bends the will of the game to him every every single time.
0: There's a lot of people because Jokic's and Malone have both openly talked about how he kind of modeled his game after Tim Duncan, mm-hmm. and you're starting to kind of see at least in their two-man game between Jamal Murray and, and Nikola Jokic, a little bit of kind of Parker Duncan vibes to him. And this is a team that, when healthy, and that's kind of been the caveat with this Nuggets team, Yeah, they're going to be a problem in the West for a while.
2: Oh, yeah,
3: definitely.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> they are. Other than just sheer talent, because... We've known going into it that they are the most talented team. But every team that has played Miami so far in the playoffs has been the more talented team. Yeah. How is How are the Nuggets the only team that seem to be making it look like the Heat are kind of who we thought they were?
2: I would say it has a lot to do with <clears throat> just their sheer size like when your best player is 7-1 over 300 pounds and the heat doesn't have a guy on their starting lineup taller than 6-8 it's going to be a long road ahead if you're trying to beat that team for sure so i think it has a lot to do with their best player also i mean he's two-time mvp but mm-hmm. it being jokic it's just an the ultimate matchup nightmare on both sides of the ball
0: his court vision is yeah. something else. It's
2: surreal. He's incredible.
0: <laughs> I I I'm trying to figure out what they're doing in this series to kind of negate Jimmy Butler because it feels like playoff Jimmy, himmy mm-hmm. has been yeah. unstoppable so far in this playoffs, mm-hmm. but it feels like so far through this series they've kept him yeah. In check. And it's not just him. I mean, usually it's Jimmy getting going and he finds the other guys that manage. But that that backcourt, Struess yeah. and Vincent, they finally look like a bunch of undrafted guys yes. because they are not answering the call.
2: Struess with his second donut of the series going over completely again. But yeah, I mean. I think again. I think it just goes back to their sheer size. You've got when you're starting three guys that are six ten and up, and one of them is guarding Jimmy Butler and usually an Aaron Gordon. I mean, he makes his money off you know penetration and then bully ball kind of in the paint. He can't do that against these bigger guys, mm-hmm. so he's had to change his you know style of offense up a little bit as much as he can. And they've just made it so difficult for him. And when the guys around Jimmy aren't hitting shots to create space for him, you can really, you know, key in on him and not really have to worry about everyone else around the perimeter. So it's just double-edged sword for Jimmy hasn't worked out.
0: Do you get tired of games that, that Scott Foster officiates and him kind of being a deal within those games? Uh, yeah, I mean, but I don't think it's
2: he hasn't had too much of an imprint on this
0: series. I th- I thought he got Jokic into foul trouble last night because a lot of a lot of the, the ticky tack fouls that went against Jokic, some of them, that were sold. Some of them were just it could have gone either way with him and Bam being tied up. It just felt like Scott Foster whenever he's in a game seems to be a part of that game more so than he needs to be. And it's always Scott Foster. I don't know why it's always Scott Foster, but it always seems to be him.
2: I think a lot of it
0: has to do with, you know... And you're other- a coach. I mean, you, do you have to deal with this when you're when you're coaching? Like, you see an official and you're like, oh, God. Uh, Yeah, there are
2: some out there for sure that you recognize and you're like, this is going to be a horribly called game. But I think a lot of it has to do with It's just like we all know who Scott Foster is. So every call that he makes is really like dissected and like over scrutinized and, you know, put under the microscope and all that. So I think that definitely has a lot to do with it that we're really just looking for whatever call Scott Foster makes when if another ref made it, it would just go bad call or whatever. Like you would just brush it. Yeah. So I think that definitely has something to do with it.
0: If, because I believe we both believe that they are not pulling off a 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers no. coming back from 3-1 as that is the only team that has done that in the NBA Finals. I believe we both believe this Miami Heat team is not that kind of team. No. But is there any way that Miami can make this a series again? Or do you just not see an answer?
2: I mean, I don't really see an answer. They've got to... Like, the only way to make it a series again is you got to go out and win two straight games. And I just I just don't, really don't even see them coming out and winning on, on Monday, I think it is. It's just the Nuggets are too much. That Jamal Murray's playing fantastic basketball, outplaying any of the guards. Uh, Jokic is, you know, going to go down as an all-time great when it's all said and done. So when you're playing against a team in a series and they have the two best players on the court. It's just very, very tough to get past that. And Jimmy Butler just hasn't stepped up to be that, you know, he was never going to be better in this series than Jokic, but he could like, there's a chance, a big chance that he could have come in and, been the second best player in the series Mm -hmm. over Jamal Murray, but I think as great as Jimmy Butler is, I think up until this point they've played like 24 playoff games, something like that.
0: Miami's playing the game they want. These aren't like getting out of control Mm -hmm. scoring-wise. They're holding Denver to around a 100 points, which is – if you're Miami, that's what you want to do. That's kind of their MO is playing defense yeah. and making the game tougher. But
2: they they just don't have the offense to keep up. They can't to keep up with all the energy that they're like putting out on defense. They don't have the offense to go down on the other side and put the pressure back on uh Denver. So I mean, yeah, they're they've done a pretty solid job defensively in terms of, you know, trying to keep this offense in check, but when guys aren't hitting, you know, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Max Shrews haven't heard, those guys haven't had anything, anything sort of a great game this year, so it's tough. I mean, if those guys aren't hitting, it just kind of leaves the the bulk of it to Jimmy and Bam, and while they've done pretty well, it's just when you're not Living up to what Jokic and Jamal Murray are doing, it's a long series.
0: Six five six ESPN, six five six three seven seven six. The Kilbasa Smoke Meets Phone Lines. You can call or text. You can also get at us on Twitter. I am at I am Pledger. He is at Jack underscore Thompson thirty-three. And of course, you can always watch, follow along, and comment on YouTube. YouTube Search San Antonio Sports Star, S.A. Sports Star, and you can get it now. The NBA Finals is over, and that's going to transition very quickly into other things, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to transition into the offseason. That's going to transition into the draft, and the draft means finally we'll get some finality and be able to call Victor San Antonio's Victor Wimbenyama. Till it happens, we have to at least... As much as we assume it's going to be him, you have to leave even a 1% chance or a .01% chance of something crazy happening, right? I
2: suppose. I can't imagine that happening, and I think the city would riot,
3: but...
0: (laughs) But you have to start looking towards the calendar and seeing, look, draft's coming, Victor's coming, we see that there is a, a... Good chance that it looks like Chris Paul is going to be released. Mm-hmm. He's going to add to that free agent market. I just saw a recent rumor that said Phoenix may chase James Harden, adding another name to his potential suitors, which, I mean, if you're losing to Chris Paul, James Harden is a point guard. Yeah. It's not the worst thing. He has worked with Kevin Durant mm-hmm. when they were in Brooklyn together. So... And that in the Thunder. And with the Thunder. So, that leaves the question, where does Chris Paul go? A lot of people are trying to connect dots to Los Angeles, either Los Angeles team. Other teams are trying to connect the dots to Boston needs a guy like Chris Paul Mm -hmm. to help initiate an offense when, because Marcus Smart isn't really that guy. You can't ask Malcolm Brogdon to do it, really. And the offense just kind of goes away when things aren't going right when Tatum and Brown are trying to initiate it late in game. So maybe they need a floor general of sorts. And it would make sense. I could see that. But, what if I made the case for the San Antonio Spurs?
2: can't say I'm opposed. I mean, definitely be great for
0: all the... The uh, younger guys on the team I know a lot of Spurs fans would be opposed. There are a lot of Spurs fans there is a a big sect of Spurs fans that is i don't know they just hate Chris Paul for whatever reason, dating back to his days in New Orleans, New Orleans. yeah, <laughs> you know they just don't like him, and then of course, there was him knocking out of the playoffs and what was it twenty 15 with the Clippers. What year did the Clippers knock the Spurs out? It was shortly after their title, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. So there there is some bad blood there, but Chris Paul turns teams around wherever he goes. And yeah. what's the one thing we've said about the Spurs team? It is a young team mm-hmm. in need of some veteran leadership, and it's about to get younger when you add a Victor Wimbanyama. Mm-hmm. So what's the best way to help kind of offset it and maybe put this quote-unquote rebuild on the fast track to kind of what happened in 98-99? How do you best do that? And I think a guy like Chris Paul does that because just look at where he's gone. Within the first couple of seasons, he first gets to New Orleans. They won a franchise record 56 games. Mm -hmm. He first gets to the Clippers. They won a franchise record 57 games. He gets to the Rockets. Franchise record 65 wins. Yeah. He took an Oklahoma City team that had no business into the playoffs and really gave that Houston team hell his first year back uh, with that team. And then you look at what he did with the Phoenix Suns in his second year. They won 63 games. Yeah, He goes places, he turns around the culture, and what is one of the most talked about things we've said about this Spurs team, roster, whatever it may be? Needs a point guard, right? Yeah, definitely. Needs, needs a point a- guard and it needs some veteran leadership. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul gives you both of those things, and when you're bringing in Victor, he brings in a guy that, knows what it takes to win yeah no that's maybe not a title
2: (laughs) that's definitely huge for a young team is you know figuring out what it takes and Chris Paul's right there so I'm not I'm definitely not opposed it's got to be the right deal and I don't want it to be a long-term deal for sure No, it's not
0: like a long you know 40 million a year type deal
2: Mm -hmm. but I think that's yeah, not 40 for sure, but I think Chris Paul is definitely looking for something longer.
0: Oh, absolutely. He He's probably looking at about three years, I would imagine. Yeah, right? I
2: mean, I would take three years.
0: But you get him at three, what are you putting him at? 30? <sighs> that still seems like so much. It is, but who else are you paying outside of Kelden?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, got to pay Devin next year. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not opposed to Chris Ball. It just has to be the right deal for the right money, right length. But not opposed. I think he would definitely do well for us. He would, you know, great mentor, incredible basketball IQ, no doubt about
0: that. Mm-hmm. The injuries are a concern. Mm-hmm.
2: But again, we're not, you know, we're not shooting for the title exactly right now. So,
0: but you bring in Victor Wembanyama with all of the hype, hoopla, and expectations placed upon his shoulders mm-hmm. before he's even stepped foot or been drafted by the San Antonio yeah. Spurs of what he can do for this team. You add a Chris Paul, we've seen what this team is when fully healthy. They start 5-2. and two. Sohan was a second-team all-rookie. Devin Vassell, when healthy, looks really, really good. Keldon Johnson... Was averaging over 20 points a game last year. Yeah. You've got a solid roster that I feel like can compete even in the Western Conference, which is brutal.
2: Yeah. I mean, with adding a Chris Paul, that definitely raises our floor quite a bit. Definitely into the play in lower playoff seed caliber teams, I would say. But I think if, I mean, I really. De- I would like Chris Paul. I think he would help out a lot, but I think more importantly than even that, I'm trying to get a, a big center to bang with the other big centers so that, you know, Wimby doesn't have to do a lot of that.
0: You're looking for, be it Vuce. Vuce or Brooke.
2: Brooke. Yeah. Probably Brooke more than Vuce. Cheaper, better defender, better shooter. Probably Brooke Lopez, but... Again, that also seems as far fetched as landing Chris Paul, but so did the number one pick. So <laughs> the opportunities are endless for the Spurs right now.
0: He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. This is the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star. When we come back, the Cowboys have finished up mini camps, they are gone until training camp. What did we learn about the Dallas Cowboys from their mandatory mini camps? What can we take away from some of the things that the coach has said? Jack and I will get into it next, right here on San Antonio Sports Star ninety four FM and SA dot
4: This is Mike Greenberg, your home for the Dallas Cowboys, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN ninety four FM and AM twelve
0: fifty. Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover. We are your hangover without the headache here on San Antonio Sports Star ninety four FM. SASportstar.com. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson this morning as we get you ready for a great weekend. As a matter of fact, I'm hitting the river as soon as this is over. Nice. I'm going Sunday. <laughs> nice. Which river are you going to? I think we're going to the Kamal. Nice. Yeah. So, ended up in New Braunfels? Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Chase Knowles says CP3 wants a ring like yesterday. Don't think he would come to SA. And Hunter Hitch says at I am Pledger at Jack underscore Thompson 33 here on our Twitter feed that Chris Paul would certainly help the Spurs get to the playoffs, but would he be available for those playoffs? That's the real question. That's kind of the only question with Chris Paul, but at the same time, the Spurs training staff has helped prolong so many careers. Do you not trust them to put him in a position to succeed? They're very careful. They make sure and go about prolonging players' careers by load managing and doing things that they have to. Yes, this past year, don't at me. Or at me, I don't care. But this past year was an anomaly because... A lot of these injuries probably weren't as bad. I mean,
2: yeah, I mean, Zach Collins sat out because he had a paper cut.
0: Exactly, and then had surgery on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very, very interesting. But up at the star, they finished up mandatory mini camps this week. So now the Cowboys go away, and we won't see them again until late July when teams return to start training camps, which means a little bit of break without football. But, <laughs> that means we're also really close to the football season starting again. Ah, oh man, I want it to
2: start so fast.
0: So fast. And one of the biggest, biggest questions has been about this offense, right? hmm This offense has kind of been this incredible change in philosophy. We heard... 15%, and then what's 20, now it's 30. Like the percentage of how much the offense is changing keeps going up. Well, new offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer, who was brought in to kind of help install McCarthy's new offense and the one that Dak will be running, talks about kind of what they're going through. And Dak Prescott, even, well, he had a fun little name. I don't know if this one's going to stick as well, but he talks about kind of what they're doing changing this offense and what they call it.
2: It's funny. This is the Texas Coast. We've just renamed that the quarterback. So uh, it's got definitely some West Coast principles, um, but has a little bit of what we've
4: done um, in the past and just obviously marrying them together with a lot of detail um, and maybe in a sense a system that's not out there. So there you go.
0: The Texas Coast. I like it. You like it? Yeah, Texas coast. No, Texas coast. I like Texas coast better. Yeah, but even Texas coast fa- feels Houston. No, nah, I mean, I would Dallas say... is nowhere near a coast. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but
0: like the West Coast was invented in San Francisco, right? San Francisco's on the bay. I, it, I parsing hairs, but.
2: If it's a combination of that, then, you know, Tex-Coast works. I think it's cool. There are teams that are not near the West Coast that run a West Coast-style offense. Sure.
0: <laughs> but that's just the style of offense.
2: So if we're melding sure. our previous, you know. Why not Tex-West? No. That doesn't come off the, co- the, the tongue as easy.
0: I don't know, is it's so far from the coast that I just have an issue with trying to name it that. But that's that's personal preference. I understand the principles of it, mm-hmm. but I also question the principles of it. But Brian Schottenheimer was talking about how they've gone about in implementing this offense and kind of marrying the two with kind of what they were doing versus what they're bringing to the table as they further remove themselves from Kellen Moore's offense. And he's he said some of the veterans have been very heavily involved with the changing of the system.
4: Well, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit before. You know, the number one thing is I said it, and I do believe it, it wasn't broke. I mean, what they've done here over the last, you know, Five, six, seven years has been really good since Dak came in the league. Um, we wanted to keep a lot of that in place. It's what our players know. We're a veteran, uh, strong offense that's added some really cool pieces. Um, we were very selective about the changes that we made. We tried to protect some of the language, uh, the things that Dak has used for a long time. Um, but we certainly added some wrinkles. And so, not to put a number on it, but we're somewhere in that, you know, keep 70% ish. You know, uh, we've certainly added some flavor, but I think the things that we've put in that were new um, not only Dak, but but Zach and Tyron and and those guys, TP, they all like some of the adjustments and things that we've made. So it really has been a very collaborative thing where um, a lot of good give and take of the stuff that's been in place, stuff that Mike's done, stuff that I've done um, in Seattle. And um, again, it's nice to kind of get through this offseason and then we'll go to training camp, tweak some things uh, and then start getting ready for games.
0: Have they been lying to us, Jack?
4: About what, specifically?
0: Well, if you remember around the NFL scouting combine when Mm -hmm. Mike McCarthy spoke, when they got rid of Kellamore, Moore just the week prior. that they want to run the ball? They want to run the damn ball.
2: I mean, I don't think it's a change in how much we're going to run it. Because we were already running it at a top five clip in the league. I think it's more situational in terms of running at different times instead you know i don't think we're going to be running it any more, or i mean maybe any less but i think it'll be more about when we're running what kind of run plays we're dialing up stuff
0: like that because i keep hearing this and mccarthy has said this in multiple forums on multiple different press conferences, how they want to be committed to the run, how they want to run the ball, and nothing about Mike McCarthy's past suggests that he wants to do that yeah. as a play caller. And then they bring in a Brian Schottenheimer, who is most notably known for letting Russ cook, mm-hmm. which didn't work out, by the way. They, they went away from the run with Brian Schottenheimer. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that was a ploy used to get Kellamore out the door. Because Mike McCarthy also mentioned, because Dalvin Cook was being released on Thursday, or the reports were, doesn't sound like he has any interest in a- adding a Dalvin Cook right now. Mm-hmm. He likes the running back room as it is. And the running back room as it is has one proven commodity in it. Yeah. Who has never handled a full load?
2: I don't disagree with you at all. (laughs) I mean, there's been no indication of, you know, moves made or anything that we are going to be, you know, the Tennessee Titans and just (laughs) run the ball every down.
0: Exactly. But the, and the final kind of point to how I or why I think they're lying to it may come from their offensive lineman, Zach Martin.
5: Yeah, I think obviously, you know, you, you want to get better each year, but uh, you know it's been not, it's been good having Mike in there. I think he's going to bring an edge to our offense. Um, I think you know we're still going to run the football. It's going to be a big part of what we're doing. But uh, I think just the communications and little details that we've added this year um, are going to allow everyone to be on the same page when we're when we're out there running plays. What's that? He's got a little edge, you know. He's he's a Pittsburgh guy. He's got a little he's got a little edge at all times, and that you know when the guy's in the front of you. Uh, it's showing that every day. It rubs off on the on the group, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: I mean, he wants to bring an edge to the offense. I don't know specifically if it's about running the football more, but not being on the same page, and we heard C.D. Lamb say this earlier, too. Dak and him weren't on the same page. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to get by on the same page, It's pretty easy when you're running the football to have everybody on the same page. Yeah. But it sounds like from CD and Dak and everyone else, and you go out and add a Brandon Cooks, who, let's face it, he's a great receiver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think he's known for his blocking. No. (laughs) But you lose a very willing blocker in Noah Brown, I can't wait to see what this offense looks like. More so than anything, I am just intrigued by what this is actually going to look like because we've heard so many things that they want to do one thing and so many moves that say they're going to do the other. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And I want to see what the finished product of this looks like. But probably the best news of all, I don't think the offense is that important.
2: Yeah, I mean, with the way the defense is looking, the offense just kind of has to, you know, it doesn't fall into their laps.
0: Score 24 points, you're probably going to win a lot of games.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah, the defense looks incredibly stacked.
0: This is one of the best Cowboys defenses I've seen since... Probably the 90s.
2: Yeah, easily. It's no weaknesses at any level of our defense.
0: You add a on Gilmore, you re sign your safeties, you uh, keep Leighton Van Der Esch, you add a Mazi Smith in the middle, you retain Jonathan Hankins. Mm-hmm. Sam Williams is going into his second year. Like that, that defense looks like it's going to be insanely yeah. good. A lot and,
2: of big talk about Jabril Cox out of many camps,
0: and Damone Clark.
2: Yeah. And those go those guys. I mean, Demon Clark was really good last year. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see a lot of Jabril Cox. I think he was he was injured for mm-hmm. a good portion of the season. But there's been a lot of a lot of good talk about those two in the linebacker room. So very excited about that. Not to mention we we get overshone in there too.
0: Get Demarion back.
2: Their fourth linebackers, Demaryon Overshown. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, the offense. While the defense is going to carry things, the mm-hmm. biggest thing about the offense, I think, is going to be Dak and those turnovers. How do they get those worked out? Jack and I are going to talk about it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, and Sportsstar.com. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, Sportsstar.com. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson. We get you through your Saturday and then head out to the river. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Always a good time when you're on a body of water, especially with as hot as it's been lately. I hear yesterday it got.
2: Yeah, last two days have been hot.
0: I heard it got pretty warm the other day. But look at the Dallas Cowboys. We've talked a lot about the offense, how great the defense is going to be. But I think the offense revolves around kind of one thing. That's the quarterback. That's Dak Prescott as the guy who is about to go into a year next year when he's going to have a sixty million dollar cap hit, and there's no. They're going to rework it because they have no other options. Yeah. So Dak is the guy. Hmm. But last year, Dak had issues. A lot of people were talking about being on the same page. Brian Schottenheimer, the new offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, talked about how to fix Dak's turnovers. You
4: know, uh, he certainly does need to be fixed. There's no question about that. I mean, Guy's a great player. You guys know that. You guys have watched him more than I have. But um, he's a competitor, right? I mean, he's going to go out there and he's going to compete and he's going to, you know, I can make that throw. And so he's just got to understand situations of the game and down and distance and all that stuff and and clean up some of the decisions that, you know, that he knows last year he kind of missed. But, uh, I love one of my early experiences as a coordinator was with the Jets and uh it's 2008 and I was coaching Brett Favre. And so he you guys have seen Brett play, he would force a ball and try. There'd be like three guys there waiting for it. One of the three was going to catch it. And he'd come over I'd be like, "Dude, what are you doing?" He'd like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, my bad, my bad. I'd be, like, "All right, we're good." And move on And I'd get up to leave and he'd go, "Hey, shotty. I can make that throw though."
3: <laughs> I can make that
4: throw. I was like, "Dude, that's not the point." <laughs> Yeah, you can. You can make that throw sometimes. So uh, it's a little bit of that competitive spirit. These guys, they all have that. And, again, Dak loves some of the things that we're doing from training the footwork and timing and some of the rhythm things, tying the routes to his feet. So um, uh, we expect him to have a huge year.
0: Sounds like they're going to let me, Dak be Dak. Yeah. And that's that's fine. Yeah. I'm not opposed to that. So was last year... An anomaly, an aberration for Dak.
2: I would, I would say so. I mean, if you're you go to last year, then you've got to go to the previous years, and you know before that, mm-hmm. it was his turnovers were never a big problem. So, just by you know the sheer history of his timeline in the NFL, you would last year was an anomaly, and I think some of it has to do with a depleted wide receiver room. No one was really Mm -hmm. getting separation outside of CeeDee Lamb. And even he's not an extreme burner. He's fast and quick and twitchy and all that. But I think with hopefully Michael Gallup back to where he was and then the addition of Brandon Cooks and his elite speed, I think there will be a lot more separation. And, you know, that turns to easier throws. So
0: a lot of people have talked about Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. But I've also found it interesting that this offseason, especially when asked about Brandon Cooks, even another wide receiver's name's being brought up.
4: I'm a big fan of Brandon, um, and the speed is evident. But just watch the, watch the way he works in practice. Jalen Tolbert's had an incredible camp. And if you talk to Jalen, what Jalen's going to tell you is he spent a ton of time with Brandon. And so here's a guy that's been there, done that. And what Brandon wants to do, although come and learn a system, is he okay. wants to encourage and invest in the younger guys. And so those guys spend a lot of time together. I see them before practice in the in the weight room working together. So uh, what Brandon brings us is way more than just speed. And absolutely, it's, it's, it's really fun to watch him run. Okay. Whether it's deep routes, short routes, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But what I love is the competitor and the way he is encouraging that entire room of receivers. Um, it's been awesome.
0: So everybody's been talking about Brandon Speed, mm-hmm. but at every turn it seems like people are talking about Jalen Tolbert. Yeah. Even Mike McCarthy said he he and Sam Williams are two of the rookies from last year mm-hmm. that are looking poised to make a huge jump in yeah. year two.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's, yeah, I've seen a lot about uh, Tolbert that he's really been. he really showed out in minicamp.
0: That would be huge.
2: Yeah, it would be massive.
0: Because as we stand... Jalen Tolbert looks like one of their biggest draft misses in a while.
3: Yeah,
2: I'm excited for him. I think I think he definitely has a chance to go and you know ball out and uh, you know take that fourth receiver role. That guy that comes in off the off the pine just implements some juice, catches big you know passes when. Mm -hmm. Defense thinks that they're going, you know, to CD or Michael Gallup or whoever else is in there besides him. So yeah, I, I think Jalen Tolbert could
0: have a really good year. And we talk, uh, we've heard them talk a lot about being on the same page here this morning. Jalen Tolbert said himself he was did not really grasp the off- offense in his first year, mm-hmm. and part of that may have been trying to learn all the positions at once.
2: Yeah. Just too much, too fast for a rookie, it seemed
0: like. Well, a rookie out of South Alabama, too. Yeah. Like, smaller school, Mm -hmm. and a lot was put on his plate, especially being a third-round pick, and he just never lived up to it. And so you saw them going after guys like T. Wyatt Hilton and flirting with Odell Beckham Jr. all last season. So if Tolbert can be who they say he's being in in camp so far, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a big addition an addition that i don't think anybody's taking serious enough to this offensive side everybody's talking about the additions of stefan gilmore brandon cooks and the things that they add even deuce vaughn to an extent yeah Jalen Tolbert would be massive
3: yeah
2: no doubt about that
0: if he can give them what noah brown gave them last yeah. year but he'll also give them, because McCarthy's talked about, more speed, too. Mm-hmm. Because he's McCarthy has said this is one of the fastest wide receiver rooms he's ever had. Yeah. When you look at CD and Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup and Jalen Tolbert. So, that would give them, and you can even throw Tony Pollard into that mix. Yeah, Turpin, too. With, and Turp, Probably
2: the fastest on the team.
0: Maybe. That's going to give them a lot of home run ability and home run ability is big when you're talking about a team that, you know, <laughs> has a lot going for it in terms of speed on that side of the ball. He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. This is the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, SASportsStar.com and on YouTube as James Condor wrote in on our YouTube live feed, Texas Coast everyone talks about how great it is until you actually see it and then you realize it's overhyped. I mean, I like going to the Texas coast, but yeah, if you've gone to any other coast anywhere, it's it's an overhyped coast. <laughs> he is Jack Thompson. I'm James Bledger. More of the Saturday Morning Hangover coming up.
1: Listen to one San Antonio Sports Star on your Amazon or Google smart speaker and just say, Alexa, play one San Antonio Sports Star.
0: Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, one FM. S.A. Sports I'm James Pledger joined by Jack Thompson. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at I am Pledger. He is at Jack underscore Thompson 33. You can always tweet at the station at S.A. Sports Star. And of course, you can get us on the Boss Smoke Meats phone line 656 ESPN 656 3776. You can call or text into that. Um, Ken texted into it, sent an interesting article that I've kind of been reading through about Zeke visiting the star last week. Wow. So we'll kind of see what happens with that. But we are in basketball offseason for all but a couple of teams. And basketball off seasons where we start seeing hype videos, people being in a lab, making shots. I remember my favorites are usually like Ben Simmons making threes, working on his three ball. That's usually one of my favorite hype-up videos of the offseason. And I saw... Uh, a headline where Ben Simmons has been in the lab so I was like alright let's see him making some threes in a meaningless game with nobody guarding him that won't translate <laughs> to the regular yeah. season and I was shocked to find out it wasn't that but the fact that Ben Simmons is yoked oh yeah big dude he's been a big dude I mean but but like He's felt like his arms were massive. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit shocked by that, seeing as, you know, this guy that's been dealing with back problems. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> because you got to lift heavy for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of my favorite storylines. One of your favorite storylines happens to be something that I didn't know was a thing until I just saw these photos.
2: Yeah. 2 years in a row now. We've been getting the photos of Slim Luka.
0: Skinny Luka. Yeah. I it was the first I've seen of Skinny Luka. I've never seen a picture of Skinny Luka. Yeah,
2: last year when he was when he was training to play for uh Slovenian or I think S- he's Slovenian. Slovenian. Jokic is Serbian. Yeah. He was, you know, cut down,
0: looking trim, looking lean. Cuz I saw him in the, in the Worlds or the Phoebus or mm-hmm. whatever. I didn't think he looked slim.
2: I saw a picture earlier. Let's see if I can find it.
0: Regardless though, like I I didn't know this was a thing and I saw it and I was like, "Jack, I think the I think Luke's ready to go this year, man.
2: I mean, he's definitely looking the best that I've seen him look, but we've we've seen this before."
0: See, I've never seen this before, so I bought all in as soon as I saw it. I was like, oh man, he is ready. He's ready to take this he's, to the next he's level. He's definitely
2: more slim, but like, this was, this picture is Luca last summer, like at the at the Worlds. Yeah. But yeah, I know, he's definitely looking as skinny as I think I've seen him, but you know, we'll see what he looks like come,
0: come training camp. Yeah. <laughs> what do you make of the rumors that Kyrie Irving's been recruiting LeBron to join, he and Luca in Dallas.
2: Yeah, I mean you can recruit LeBron all you want, but y'all have literally nothing to give up for him. Like, I mean, there's no. They got no... the tenth overall pick. Yeah, but that's not enough to go get LeBron. It's a very far fetched dream. Like we we could we could have a better chance of getting LeBron than
0: the Mavericks. I mean, I don't think anything's off the table because. All you have to do, we've seen it, player empowerment. All you have to do is force your way out. Say that, trade me here, and they get where they want to go, usually. Yeah,
2: but usually, like, it's still for a deal that is worth that player. The, the Mavericks, they don't have anything to go get LeBron. They would have to wait until LeBron was a free agent. Like, they just don't. It's very... Very, very unlikely in my eyes that LeBron makes his way to Dallas.
0: What would be a move then, if not LeBron... For Dallas? No, no. Oh. Uh, this summer. That would make you go, wow.
2: I mean, if we saw a Dame go anywhere, like especially if he went to... You think that's a possibility? the heat I really don't. I think they're still gonna keep you know going in that same cycle of trying to build around Dame, which I mean that's all great in terms of keeping your superstar happy, but if you're looking towards the future, don't think that the blazers are gonna accomplish anything with Dame. We're going into at least like year twelve now of having Dame. They've tried it with a whole bunch of players. I think in the Blazers' best interest, it would be to move Dame and rapidly begin the rebuild.
0: You feel so bad for Dame. I don't feel bad for Dame. He's had
2: so many options to leave as a free agent. And he always just resigns. I don't feel bad for him. He's making a crap load of money. It's his decision. He He could have left a long time ago if he actually wanted to leave. So, no, I don't feel bad for him. It's like, I don't feel bad for Bradley Beal. It's your fault you're on the Wizards.
0: <laughs> you keep resigning. That's a guy I don't feel bad for. Yeah. About, you're right.
2: Dame's <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. You take the massive contract, like, great for you. You're a loyal NBA guy. Like, that's awesome. But if you were really wanting a ring, you could have been out of the Blazers, you know, six years ago at least.
0: Well, to be fair, the last time he signed a contract extension, CJ McCollum was his running mate.
2: Yes. But CJ McCollum and Dame were never going to be the two. Like, there were always better teams than them. Like, that but he even at the- least
0: had a second and a possible third in terms of Yusuf Nurkic before the injuries. Right?
2: I, I suppose, yeah. They, I mean, they were always really good, but I never saw that as a, a championship threat level team in my eyes. Sure.
0: He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Fletcher. This is the Saturday morning hangover. He
2: act- wait, he actually resigned in 2021 for a massive deal, so he could have gotten out two years ago.
0: And that, but that was the year they traded CJ during the season, right?
2: Yeah, I, I suppose you're right. Yeah, CJ was still there. It was a couple after years he ago. signed
0: his extension that they traded CJ away. Still. Just say.
2: They had already been on the same team for like eight years at that point. It wasn't going to happen.
0: <laughs> he is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. This is the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star. Did a former ca- Dallas Cowboy take a swipe at his old team? I'm going to ask Jack next right here on the Saturday morning hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM. And s a saysportstar.com.
1: James Pledger. Jack Thompson. The Saturday morning hangover.
0: Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, ESPNSA.com. I'm James Pleasure Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA Finals, but I had a question for Jack first, and my question revolves around the Dallas Cowboys and a former teammate of the Cowboys. Dalton Schultz took the podium at Texans minicamp this week and i don't know if i'm reading into this joe rinegold read into it the kind of the same way i did but it sounded to me when talking about playing for the texans that or signing with the texans that he was taking a thinly veiled shot at the cowboys and i'm going to let you hear this in Make up your own mind.
5: I mean, going into that, like, I think, you know, it's easy in the league to kind of underestimate guys um, and underestimate teams, you know, especially you, you look at records. But, um, you know, every record in the league, like any team can beat any team on any given Sunday. I know it's cliche, but, like, the margins of, of winning and losing in this league are so, so slim. Um, and I think even looking back last year, especially, like, leaving that game, I just remember thinking, like, damn, they got a really good young core. Um, you know, especially uh, I think the, the back end of the secondary like kind of impressed me playing against them, you know all the time and so um, You know just knowing that you're coming into a young team who's hungry. He's got a lot of you know young guys on rookie deals um, You know hungry to prove themselves. Uh, I think is is very um, You know attractive and picking like where you want to play um, you know and obviously you know, actually getting in the building, you start to see that there's actually a strong, like, veteran presence here as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of good leaders, especially on that defense. Um, and I think, you know, hearing some of those voices in those first – in these first couple months has been has been great. And uh, honestly, it just – it feels good to be in a place that, like, you know, I feel, like, very hungry coming to work, being around guys, uh, you know, that are are that motivated to get better on a day-by-day basis.
2: I don't really hear anything. That I would deem a shot at the Cowboys.
0: Feels good to come to work with a bunch of guys that are hungry.
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, I doubt like it was different at for the
0: Cowboys. I, Look, I don't, I don't think that the Cowboys weren't hungry. I'm not insinuating that. But when I heard that, I was like, did he just say that the Cowboys weren't hungry and motivated to be better every day?
2: I think it's different because he's talking a lot about, you know, younger guys on rookie deals and obviously the Texans have a whole lot more of that Mm -hmm. than the Cowboys. So I think the energy around being, you know, younger guys who are looking to prove themselves on, you know, like a day-to-day basis and make a name for themselves in the league is a little bit different than when you're playing on the most, like, microscoped, dissected Mm -hmm. team in sport so yeah i mean i'm sure it's a different feel you're you know texans you're you're going in lunch pail every day like no one's really watching or paying attention to y'all you're just grinding behind closed doors you walk into the cowboys 100 cameras following into you to the door like yeah i'm sure it's a little bit different and it probably feels better to work like that than it does you know to have every movement that you make you know scrutinized or dissected so yeah I understand what he's saying. I don't take that as a shot at the okay. Cowboys.
0: I I heard it's nice to come to a place where everybody's hungry to go to work. And I was like, was it not like that in Dallas? And like I said, I may be reading into it because I know his tenure with Dallas became contentious yeah. in that final year with his contract. Mm-hmm. So... I could see him holding some ill will yeah, I'm sure towards you and the cowboy. Yeah, but I didn't know if he was insinuating that, hey, this team, they feel like they feel like they're already there and they're not, mm-hmm. and they're not working to get to that next level the way they should. And it was like yeah, I said, I may have read that. into it a little much, and it might be, be just him trying to hype up his his new team. Yeah, not inadvertently saying by saying something like that not understand you're in you're insinuating something else yeah. about your former team. Like I can see it in both ways. But when like I said first heard it, I was mm-hmm. like, oh did was that a shot? <laughs> 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 because let let's not get it twisted. Jane Slater who comes on the blitz weekdays during the football season talked about how Dalton was very animositous towards the media and stuff as his contract was going on mm-hmm. and the Cowboys themselves and halfway through the season like it looked like he just was ready to get out of Dallas. Yeah. And I don't know if that's purely because of the contract or if it was because of the locker room itself mm-hmm. and being a part of that, there are multiple things that we'll probably never know about yeah. the inner workings. Yeah. But when you, you talk about guys that are, it feels like Dak, Dak is a hyper motivated guy. Yeah. Right.
2: Micah too. Like, I don't get that impression from, you know, the big name leaders of the Cowboys that they're not going in ready to get better every day. So,
0: but, That's also it. Maybe there are two hyper leaders or three hyper leaders and the rest are because, let's face it, the NFC was down. Mm -hmm. You can moonwalk to 12 wins. Yeah. (laughs) And a lot of the times, especially when they played the Texans, Mm -hmm. it looked like they were moonwalking through games.
2: Yeah. No. I mean, I'm sure it definitely falls, you know, somewhere in the middle. There's probably right and wrong aspects to both thoughts. So But I don't I don't take that as what Dalton said as yeah. a shot towards the Cowboys.
0: Well, if not a shot towards the Cowboys, could it be much like I suggested him hyping up his new team, yeah, trying course. to get things ready and not, sure. inadvertently taking a shot cuz yeah. while you're hyping up a team, you happen to say some things that make people raise their eyes, and me, even as a diehard Texans fan, have what I feel like are super high expectations for this team mm-hmm. after landing Namiko Ryans, getting Bobby Sloak as an offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. getting C.J. Stroud, landing Jimmy Ward and Dalton Schultz and Sheldon Rankins in free agency, trading back up and bringing in Will Anderson, trading up eight times in the draft to get Tank Dell and Mm -hmm. and Juice Scruggs and and different players. And I'm as hyped as anybody about this team, but when talking about whether he's thinking about his next contract because he signed a one-year deal worth up to $9 million, he said something that, like, even me at my most hype, I don't think I would go that far.
5: be honest, like, I don't really care about that stuff right now. Um, just putting it f- first and foremost, like, like I said, coming into this, like, I'm just happy that I can play for another year. Um, whether that's on a one-year, a four-year, a ten-year, whatever it is, like, I'm excited that I got an opportunity to to take another shot at, you know, making a deep playoff run and ultimately winning the Super Bowl, and I think that's kind of what I'm most focused on. Um all that other stuff, like I handle that, you know, I leave that to my agent. I just let him kind of dictate, you know, what whatever he says I, I kinda go with. So
0: deep playoff run?
2: <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves.
0: I like I said, <laughs> I am as hyped as anyone about what this team has done this off season that that's a a lot. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That's a hefty
0: ask. The AFC is kind of a murderer's row. If you haven't looked around with the jets, adding Aaron Rodgers, the dolphins being a playoff team with Mm -hmm. a healthy tour this year. Of course you got the bills. You've got the Patriots who now have an offensive coordinator and the rookie of the year, Uh, two years ago you've got the AFC North with Deshaun and the Steelers who have never had a losing record and of course the Ravens who now have Odell and uh, David Beckham like I didn't even mention Joe Burrow and the Bengals and then we can go the West where of course the reigning champion Kansas City Chiefs live and then of course you add on top of the Chiefs the fact that Kellen Moore is now with the Chargers Russ under Sean Payton Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's only a handful of bad teams in the AFC most of them reside in the Texans own division and then the Raiders yeah (laughs) like
2: a deep playoff run is a a hefty uh, ask no doubt about
0: that that feels like a very lofty Mm -hmm. lofty expectation yeah but I can see a way to the a path to the playoffs yeah because of the division that yeah. they're in. <laughs> when we
2: dissected y'all's schedule when it came out, there were, I think I remember saying there's 12 winnable games on that mm-hmm. schedule. Like you could go out and win. And of course, you can, like you said, it's pro football.
0: You're going to get the, somebody. The margin some
2: of error between winning and losing is definitely very small, like you said. So there are games when you can go out and beat anybody, but there were 12 games that you can look at and be like, okay, we, we match up evenly or better on paper with that team. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Texans will have a much better season, but a deep playoff run, like what, we said, what, what, lofty expectations. What, it back. You're not in bit. Dallas
0: anymore. Yeah. It's not the NFC where there's only, like, two teams you're competing against. It's yeah. <laughs> Jack Thompson. I'm James Fledger. This is the Saturday Morning Hangover. When we come back, we are going to look at last night's Game 4 in the NBA Finals as the Nuggets take a commanding 3-1 series lead, and as they Anything short of injury that the Heat can do to prolong this series? Or do we just start looking at the draft and free agency as the NBA season comes winding to a close? He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at IamPledger. He is at Jack underscore Thompson 33. Of course, the station is at S.A. Sports Star. Or you can hit us up on the Kielbasa Smoke Meats phone line 656 ESPN six five six three seven seven six. Call or text those, and we'll get to you as fast as we can. Coming back, NBA Finals. Is it over? Are we ringing the bell on the Miami Heats? Has the clock struck midnight on Cinderella? That's all coming up right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and sasportstar.com.
4: This is Rob Thompson, and you are listening to 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star.
0: Oh man, that Blake concert in Houston is just coming right around the corner. I gotta get me some tickets to that. (laughs) Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM. And of course at SA I'm James Pledger. He is Jack Thompson. We are taking you till 11 o'clock. And don't forget, coming up a little bit later this afternoon 2:30 Rangers pregame starts 3-05 first pitch as they try and bounce back after back-to-back losses closing out their series with a 1-0 loss to the St. Louis Cardinals and then dropping their opener yesterday against the Tampa Bay Rays by a score of 8 to 3 NBA finals though it looks like that series is donezo Mm-hmm. the Nuggets go up 3-1 to one last night beat the Heat 108-95 Jokic didn't lead the team in scoring Murray didn't lead the team in scoring yep. Aaron Gordon yeah. led the team in scoring
2: AG it's
0: the tough, old man. dunk contest
2: always been a huge AG guy man He's always I've
0: always thought he was so good And he's – what's so impressive about this Nuggets team to me is the fact that everybody outside of Michael Porter Jr. feels like they're bought it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Am I correct in assuming that? You're absolutely correct in
0: assuming that. Look. Aaron Gordon knows his role. He knows he's going to have days like this. He knows he's going to have days where there's not a lot there for him. Mm -hmm. But he's accepted his role. Yeah, and he thrives in it. And he thrives in it. You've got Bruce Brown. You've got Christian Brown. You've got all of these pieces that know exactly when to kind of step on the gas, Mm -hmm. when they need to be called upon, when they're getting involved. Versus when to let Jokic and Murray cook. Yeah. This series, because of what's going on with Vincent, what's going on with Struess, hell, even Butler to an extent, I don't see a way that Miami gets back into this. I just don't. And I've said this is going to be Denver in a short series since the beginning, and that the Heat had finally just kind of met a matchup that they can't out physical.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely,
0: because it was it was easier for them in a Bucks team minus Giannis and Chris Middleton, who we learned this week has undergone surgery, mm-hmm. with a team. That wasn't playing at a hundred percent to out physical them early. It was easy to see them out physical the Knicks. The Knicks are a young team; there mm-hmm. aren't a lot of stars on that team, and they just they beat the Knicks at their own ba- brand of basketball, Tibbs basketball. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they were just better at it than them. And with the Celtics, you can visibly see the way that they played shook Boston. hmm Yeah. They can't bully the Nuggets the same way they bullied these other teams. No,
2: not even close.
0: They're they're getting bullied. Denver's physical.
2: Yeah. Jokic is physical and tough. People talk about him as like a, a finesse passer, guy. A
0: passer, getting to the lane. Dude is step.
2: physical and tough. He Dude, went and grabbed 21 rebounds. He's
0: got a new gash on the back of his forearm every uh, single game yeah. it looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he
2: plays differently. And... The only guy on that team that's not physical and tough is Michael, Michael Porter. Porter
0: Jr. Yeah. Which leads me to this question. they ma- They gave him... An impressive deal last year right he signed over a hundred million dollar deal for a guy that hadn't played because and underwent back surgery like it was it was a big gamble Mm -hmm. investing that much money into that player and this is a guy who when it's not going well in this series yeah
2: he shrinks
0: and it's you can see it.
2: Yeah, like it's awful. not like
0: he's trying to hide it or awful, he's playing through Awful body through language. It. Yeah, it's it looks like he's checked out. Mm-hmm. Do they try and move him this off season?
2: No, I wouldn't try and move him. Still super young, insane, insane amount of potential. So I'm not. I don't think they try and move him.
0: I'm. I'm just saying in terms of culture buy-in. Not being a mesh Mm
2: -hmm. with
0: the rest of the team in terms of that culture, do they try and exercise something like that? Especially with, you know, gonna pay, gonna be (laughs) paid, he'll get you a lot of money. Murray's about to get another bag.
2: I mean, if the price is right, I mean, sure, and I'm sure anyone, I'm sure you'd love
0: to return. Yeah,
2: but no, I don't. I don't think they try and move him.
0: Okay. I was just wondering because it's been blatantly obvious. No, it's, it that has he's been. checked out in this yeah, series. It
2: has been blatantly obvious. His his body language. It wasn't terrible last night, but the the
0: game before it was. I didn't think it was good last night.
2: Yeah, it's just he's so dependent on hitting shots. Like if he's not making shots, then he completely changes his you know demeanor as a player. But I think, I mean, he's still young, still a lot to learn for sure. Hasn't played a ton of basketball in, you know, the last, I don't remember how long he's been in the season, but he didn't even play in college because he was hurt. So he's missed a lot of time, a lot of growing to do. So I I don't think you give up on him yet.
0: Taking a look at our YouTube comments. uh, Joker at the top of the key playing point guard says David Alejandro. hmm. Joker is such, like, as great as he is in all the aspects of his game, which he's extremely good. As a facilitator. It's insane. He is so, so good. Yeah.
2: He's the best passing big man of all time, and And it's not even close.
0: And it's more than just being a passer. No,
2: it's getting that...
0: It's knowing the spot, like, when he needs to go versus getting everybody. It is so cerebral Mm -hmm. to just watch him play.
2: Right spot, right time, all the time. Like, all the time.
0: I love watching him play. And I was bringing up the the Gordon thing because – or, sorry, not the Gordon thing, but the Porter Jr. thing because if they were to move on from him, because, like you said, the price is right for anybody at some point, Mm -hmm. almost anybody – I don't know if there's a price for Wimby yet.
2: (laughs) There's a couple guys in the league that there's no price for, for sure.
0: But who could you see trying to make that move? To get him? Yes. I mean, I think because I don't think he's off the table.
2: I think he's valuable for any team, really. 6'10 shooter, elite scoring ability. It's just all mental with him, so it's got to be the right team.
0: We talked about a team earlier that has been dying to put some pieces around their superstar. Yeah, I mean the Mavericks. That's not the one I'm referring to. Oh, who are you talking about? Dame. Oh, uh, yeah, I can see
2: that. I can see that.
0: They have the fourth pick.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, better get a whole lot more than Michael Porter Jr. for that
0: fourth pick. Uh, you think one of the Thompson twins or Cam Whitmore is their upside is bigger than what Michael Porter Jr. what we when we've seen him at his best is? It's tough to say I because mean, you're you're not getting Scoot, you're not getting Brandon Miller, and you're not getting mm-hmm. Victor Wimbanyama, mm-hmm. right? No, or maybe they're getting Scoot. But at the same time, if you get a scoot, it's the same problem you have for eight years with C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard. Yeah. You get, just got two elite backcourt guards. Yeah. It feels like you're kind of recreating the same, the same problem you already knew, found out, didn't work. Because Dame does need the ball in his hands.
3: Yeah.
2: So Absolutely. Scoot.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. As far as we know.
2: I mean, in terms for that team, I'd probably say him or Cam Whitmore would be the better like better fits. Michael Porter Jr. and Cam Whitmore, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think Cam Whitmore brings a little more, well, not a little bit more, but a lot more. A lot more twitchiness? More twitchiness, more physicality, more toughness.
0: He is a big dude. Yeah,
2: big, strong, he is, super athletic dude. He is dude. rocked up. Yeah. So, but... I mean, Michael Porter Jr. would fit well on that team for sure.
0: I'm just I'm trying to find because the more I watch him play in the series and as he does not perform well, <laughs> obviously, is there a reason to move him? And if so, what teams would be looking at him, right? I and, think almost
2: any team would be looking at him.
0: Okay. He's basically
2: a 6'10", 6'11", shooting guard. He definitely he needs to work on his physicality a lot, his mentality a lot. But if he can put it all together, he can be a premier scorer in the league, no doubt about that.
0: Greg Estrada asked an interesting question. I imagine it revolves around the San Antonio Spurs. He said, would it be worth it to give everything for the first and second picks, basically insinuating that the Scoot Spurs pull Wimby. off a Houston Texans-style trade. Yes. Jack and I will talk about that coming up next, right here on San Antonio Sports Star ninety four FM and sa dot com. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover. We are your Hangover Without the Headache right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, sasportstar.com. I am James Pledger. He is Jack Thompson. We are just a few short minutes away from finishing up and get ready for River Weekends. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. We got a question on our YouTube live stream. Of course, you can follow the show, watch us live, comment along on YouTube, search San Antonio Sports Star. Greg Estrada, who says he is a diehard Spurs and Cowboys fan, asks if the Spurs, would it be worth it for them to give everything for the first and second pick? And by everything, I assume you mean the treasure trove of draft picks that they've acquired From the Hawks and the Raptors and everyone else and just starting to unload those. And I'll I'll ask you this first, Jack. Michael Porter Jr., we talked about other fits with him. Because of his immense talent, Mm -hmm. I have to ask. Yeah. San Antonio Spurs?
2: Nah, not for me. I mean, great talent and Incredible upside, if you can put it all together. but
0: He was the number one overall prospect in yeah. all of basketball coming out of high school before the back injury mm-hmm. when he initially signed with Missouri.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't think he works for us. I mean, Why? ideally we want Wimby playing the four, Jeremy probably playing the three. And he would take, you know, minutes outside of that, so... I just not, don't really want a guy that you know we've seen on the biggest stage, kind of you know crumble when things aren't going his way. I don't think you, you bring don't want to re- that
0: mindset into a rebuild.
2: No, not really. I like Michael Porter Jr. I think you know, like I said, if he can put it all together mentally, then he can be an elite player in the league. But we're kind of you know at at number one, we're drafting Michael Porter Jr. plus you know seven inches. <laughs> and can do more on both ends of the floor. So I just don't think he would really fit in the rotation.
0: Okay, fair enough. So, to Greg's point then, would it be worth it for the Spurs to pull off a Houston Texans type move and try and go back-to-back 1-2 scoop Wimby?
2: I mean, it really just depends on the price. I don't think, I mean, long-term, that's incredible for sure. But I think when it comes to maximizing Wimby.
0: You know what the price yeah (laughs) you know the price is it is insanely expensive yeah but you're about to start running into the same problem that the oklahoma city thunder are running into
2: yeah you got too many picks and you can only have so many players
0: you can only have so many players and eventually you're just gonna be cycling through player year after year you're not giving them any time to develop they either hit or they didn't because you can't keep them on your roster yeah And there's only so many Europeans you can stash Mm -hmm. to which you're just wasting a draft pick on some of them knowing I'm taking this player because he's not coming to the NBA right now. And I don't have to have him count on my roster.
2: I mean, there's definitely something to be said about that long term. It would be incredible. But I think to maximize Wimby and to really grow this team, you've got to use the... uh, the first-round picks to try and go get, you know... uh, Veterans? Yeah. Like, not even just veterans, like stars that have done something, that know the league, know what it takes to win in the playoffs, have potentially won championships, have been part of rebuilds, stuff like that. And I think going younger, while in the long run, might be great. It brings us back even further terms of right now in the rebuild because it'll be a longer process to get them to that point. So I think I lean towards using all those picks to get other people.
0: Obviously, then you have veteran stars at least in mind if that's what you want to use your picks on.
2: Yeah. You would, you would, I mean, like I
0: I imagine you, you Jack Thompson.
2: I mean, before the, before the finals, I was completely all in on Jalen Brown or Mm -hmm. before the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: That was a tough watch.
2: Yeah. Then we saw him have his moment to be, you know, the guy on the court and lead the Celtics to the finals. Go take it. And that man crumbled harder than I've seen anything. I mean, they just forced him left and it looked like he forgot how to dribble. (laughs) Like, it was a turnover machine out there for Jalen Brown. So, I don't know how high I am am on him anymore. I don't think I'm going to go get him if if he's being paid the super max. Which he's going to be paid by the Celtics, I'm sure. So. Are you sure? I mean, what other option do they have? I mean, trade?
0: Sign a trade?
2: Maybe. Yeah, if they find the right deal. Yeah, certainly, but.
0: I mean, I guarantee you, there's.
2: Yeah, there are suitors s- for him out. Ten there.
0: teams that would line up today if they were like, Jalen Brown wants out. We're going to trade him. What do you? Get, what's your best offer?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would still go and get Jalen Brown, but I think, man, the the contract that he's going to be owed for, what I saw with him being the number one is is tough right now for me. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always Dame, but that seems you know pretty far fetched you know, Brad Beal, I'm sure he wants to do something. He's not getting paid the supermax, so I think he could be a value. Um I'd have to look at the, you know, free agency market a little bit more.
0: Free agency there's not a lot there there.
2: Nah, not even next year there's also not a lot either.
0: And I know Spurs fans well enough to know James Harden is nah. nowhere on their wish list.
2: Definitely not James Harden. <laughs> I definitely have to take a look at who are, you know, last year, last two years of their contract in the upcoming years to see who I really want to go and chase. But I think, first and foremost, I think I'm going to keep harping on this. It starts with a big.
0: It starts with a big. But what if? We have both talked very highly about brooke lopez
2: yeah i think he'd be perfect
0: i do too but that's where you're looking for stars around the league and outside of jalen brown or dame lillard yes it's hard to find a guy that wants out of their current situation to come to a team that basically still has to prove it once they Mm -hmm. get wimby yeah And finding a team, uh, a player that would want to come spearhead something like that. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find. So does that not then at least give you, because you talked about the long-term possibility of a Greg Oshada, bringing in a vet like Brooke Lopez, Mm -hmm. who's been through rebuilds, has been through teams, and then finally broke through over the hump on a championship-style team in a pop-type, coaching tree with mm-hmm. coach bud and then trade your future assets to move up to two yeah to get scoot and there, therefore you have your foundational pieces that you're going to build upon on top of the you know the veteran that can help kind of lead the way because i just don't see a lot of veteran mega stars that it if you if they do want out of their current situation, that you would want, like you don't want to bring a James Harden in. I know half of Spurs fans don't want to bring Chris Paul in. I wouldn't be mad at that, but a lot don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be a very divisive signing once he's released if that were to happen. Dame Lillard, I think, would get people hype, but I don't know how much Dame Lillard wants to be here. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't either because. He's kind of in that situation minus the generational talent coming in. Mm -hmm.
2: I mean, looking at free agents over the next couple years... It's not pretty. It's really not. Even into 2025, I mean, there's a lot of big names, but it's, it's older dudes. You got Braun, Paul George, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday. One name that I do like... Some Brandon Ingram bi some bi i would love some bi that is a complete basketball player right there but that's a 2025 free
0: agent and with what's going on with zion williamson in new orleans they're probably clutching on to him tight i wouldn't think that they want him going anywhere right no. now yeah so it, it becomes very much say you gather these picks for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not capitalize on that reason? No, I am
2: I certainly am not opposed to go getting Scoot. I just don't think ride like, it propelled. But it, it also depends on what the Spurs are looking at as their timeline. Sure. As fans, we obviously hope they're accelerating it, wanting them to be aggressive, putting the team together around Wimby as quickly as possible. But if they are looking more long term and, you know, trying to build it up more from the ground up rather than bring people in to do so. Yeah. Ah. I mean, you got 13 first round pe- picks in the next six drafts.
0: Mm hmm.
2: Send four. Including
0: unprotected Hawks picks and pick swaps.
2: Yeah. So you could, I mean, you send four or five. How many do you think it would take to get two? Four, five?
0: I I think you could get it with four or five first-round picks, probably unprotect a couple of them.
2: Yeah, I mean, then I'm not super opposed because that still leaves you, like, nine or eight. Because here's the worst-case scenario with
0: those unprotected ones you'd be giving away.
3: Yeah.
2: Even
0: if, for whatever reason, you fell to the bottom Mm
3: -hmm.
0: and you win the lottery. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what you're training for anyway. Yeah. So... Giving that up in return in a worst-case scenario, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, worst-case scenario is that I don't feel awful if that would be the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean,
2: also, another, you know, pro to going to get Scoot is it's another guy on a young deal, which would allow you to have money to go bring in more vets. Mm Mm-hmm. To put around those young guys. Yep. So, yeah, when you when you really get into it, it well, as far-fetched as that sounds, the Spurs trading up to get the second pick, that, that would be the most unspurs thing I think I've ever seen. They have
0: three first-round picks next year alone. Yeah. That's untenable. Yeah.
2: And if you're drafting, you know, two 19-year-olds, why, you don't need a first-round pick next year. you got to.
0: Twenty-year-old, nineteen-year-old, and Jeremy Sohan. Yeah. You got a couple of twenty guys that can't even drink yet, and you know Devin Vassell and
2: yeah, so. Kelvin
0: Johnson. I mean, the 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 core of the roster is there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would mean, think. I'm for it, and I've said this before. I'll say it until I'm proven wrong. This team was not as bad as they were no. last year. It was willful, mm-hmm. and when you saw the team at full strength, heck. You saw it against the team that's playing in the finals. Yeah, we housed they the Nuggets. They Denver. Yeah, we did. Part of it is a team maybe overlooking you, but the, the other part of it is that, te- that team was at full strength at that point. Mm-hmm. It was one of the few late-in-the-season games we saw them at full strength. Yeah. But they were at full strength for the first time. Yeah. So you add Wimby, you add Scoot to a team that was probably closer to the play-in than it was the first pick, mm-hmm. if not for willfulness yeah I think this your timeline is not only accelerated Mm -hmm. but it's also lengthened because of the youth of the roster he is Jack Thompson I'm James Pledger this is the Saturday morning hangover we're going to put a bow on the show coming up next and talk about some of the big things going on in sports whether that be a big move for the MLS a big move in the NFL with a huge running back name coming free. Or the possibility of a huge free agent like Chris Paul coming free. That's all coming up next here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star.
4: This is ninety-four one, San Antonio's Sports Star.
0: Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, one FM. That's I'm James Pleasure, joined by Jack Thompson as we take you into the weekend. 11 o'clock, right around the corner. We're going to get out of here in just a few minutes. But before we do, some of the big news this week. LIV and PGA.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we have not talked about this this morning, Jack. Do you feel bad for Rory and the PGA I mean, yeah, that's that held so big time on that line.
2: Yeah, it's that sucks. Big time. Those guys lost out on a ton of money. But I mean, the PGA has just turned into a snake, man. I thought this this was they were talking themselves up about their morals and moral high ground. Yeah, like we're not taking that money. And then they take the money. Yeah. (laughs) God, that's that's just so crazy to me. Snakes. just snakes in the grass everywhere you look.
0: Other big news this week was the fact that Lionel Messi, oh, he's coming Inter to Miami. the MLS, baby. Enter Miami. David Beckham oh, scores yeah. the biggest name mm-hmm. to ever step foot on the MLS. I know Chicharito suffered a torn ACL in one of their matches recently, and Chicharito was kind of a big name for MLS to yeah. get, but... There is nothing. No, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this, dude. That's like (laughs) the Euroleague getting LeBron. Game (laughs) four of the NBA Finals, four hundred and eighty something dollars a ticket. Mm -hmm. Messi's debut tickets to that game are over five hundred dollars right now. Yeah, and don't I am looking. Hit tickets to the Houston Dynamo game oh, yeah. already, man. <laughs> uh SAFC playing tonight, of course. Jason Garcia, I'm gonna show the love to SAFC. They got a game tonight as they get set to take on I believe it's the El Paso Locomotive game gonna be seven thirty out at Toyota Field. And finally Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Released. Released.
2: I mean I would love to get Dalvin for sure. I think that would be incredible four, but
0: 27 th- years old, four straight 1000-yard seasons over 50 touchdowns in his career. Yeah. I mean
2: he'd be uh we'd be the most high powered offense in the league, no doubt about that.
0: I would feel a lot better about their wanting room. to run the ball. Yeah. <laughs> if they added a Dalvin Cook, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen. No. Mm-hmm. And I do think as he posted on Instagram that Miami is mm-hmm. imminent. Yeah, I think Which, Miami. My God,
2: insane speed, man! <laughs> the
0: insanity of that offense <laughs> when it's already a really good running back room. Yeah, you add Dalvin Cook to the head of that snake. Yeah, and then you have Waddle and freaking Tyreek Hill on the outside. Mm-hmm. Is just insanity. Jack, it's good to have you back. Yes, sir. Here's Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, one FM and ESPNSA.com.